0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors
1: of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're Seekers, Soul Sisters, and holders of Sacred Space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. What a time. What a time.
0: What a time. We're back.
1: Danae and I just wanted to hop on during the midst of this whole virus craziness that's happening right now. We actually plan to record a batch of these and put them all out after we got them all kind of edited and ready to go. And then I had a baby and then the world came down with a virus. <laughs> so yikes.
0: Yikes. Is definitely, yeah, the sentiment. And I feel like this is sort of what we would call in you know, therapeutic terms, just an opportunity for us to have a check-in. I don't think the two of us have had a ton of opportunities to check in with each other. We've texted a little bit, and I've certainly seen you since you had a baby, but not since all of this social distancing chaos has erupted around us. So we're in really unprecedented times right now as we're recording this.
1: Yeah. And I think that to your point, it's a bit of us taking an opportunity to check in with each other because we Mm -hmm. haven't really, but also putting words to what I imagine is a feeling or the feelings. I'm sure there's many feelings that people have about what's going on. I know for me, I'm going a little stir crazy myself because I had just had a baby. And so I was already on like week two or three of essentially quarantine anyway, because Mm -hmm. I have a newborn. And so while most people are on like week two of quarantine, I'm on like week four or five and I'm kind of starting to lose my mind a little. So that's kind of where I'm at with that situation.
0: I was wondering about that as I was thinking about you, that, you know, after you have a baby, there's sort of this period of time where you're in, you know, what they refer to as the fourth trimester, Mm -hmm. where you sort of go into your own little cocoon with your baby, and it's like your own little world. And so, you know, as you are experiencing this really sacred, but like really difficult to sort of even describe for yourself and those around you, because it just feels like it's such a different energy in this time. The world is sort of experiencing one along with you. So there's sort of this collective cocoon metamorphosis space that it feels like we're all in. And I was just wondering what that feels like for you.
1: You know, it's interesting because the first couple weeks I was very much in a place where I Was totally okay with just doing nothing but like laying with her on my chest and, you know, sleeping on and off all day and all those things. And not that I'm not still doing that, let's be real. I mean, she's only three and a half weeks old, but I'm starting to come into a space now where, you know, you and I were talking earlier where I'm like, I want to get out of the house and like walk to the park. I'm finally feeling like I'm starting to come out of the like total like shades drawn, no one in our space kind of vibe. And yet, and now everybody's in that place. So it's, it's weird for me because I, I don't really know what to do with, I don't know if it's that energy right now or yeah, I, I just don't really know what to do with it right now because I can't now invite people into my space. I can't now say to the world, okay, everybody, welcome, come into this space, meet my newborn, you know, mm. come celebrate with us um, where I feel like a lot of people would be able to do that. And I, and I can't, so that's kind of hard.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can imagine that that would be so hard because, you know, initially there is such a sort of, you know, like a self-imposed quarantine feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want anyone near my baby. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go out into the world. I feel this really primal protective mama energy. And then as that's starting to sort of dissipate a little bit, you're sort of starting to get a little bit used to like, okay, there's like some resilience building on both of our parts. Now it's actually really not safe for us to emerge out into the world and right. right? for her to be around others. And so we've got to shut down that instinct.
1: As well, comes. and it's heartbreaking, right? Because I mean, it's, it's not like I want to, you know, I mean, look, I, of course, I'd love to put her in a, um, a stroller and go to Target, right? We all would love that right now, I'm sure. But it's heartbreaking for me because it's close friends. It's people that I would really want to be able to come over and enjoy this with me and and meet her that still haven't gotten to meet her yet, and that that's been really hard and in thinking of that, I was thinking um what just crossed my mind was a, a post on Instagram I saw earlier. I think it might have been the mindful mFt that said something around boundaries during this time and how during a situation like this, boundaries get tested and you can't, um, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember what you said exactly, but something like we can't let other people's, them getting upset about our imposing of boundaries, like we can't let it affect us. And I thought that yes. was so interesting, right? Because I've seen that, like I've imposed boundaries even before this all happened, right? Even when mm. I was in the newborn phase and people were kind of pissy about it.
0: Oh, Yeah. And so now, even now,
1: with this with this craziness that's happening, i'm I'm feeling that energy from people that people are getting upset with me, that I won't let them come over. And it's, it's so interesting. What a test of boundaries.
0: That's fascinating. I didn't see that post, but that's really interesting to hear that that's something that's sort of on a collective level that people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense as you say it. I definitely remember the experience of having a newborn baby and sort of, you know, um, asking people about whether or not they'd had their shots and, you know, just feeling like, I don't want to go to Target right now. And people sort of rolling their eyes at me and me mm-hmm. being like, whatever, I don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel. And I need to honor that. And I do think, you know, we've seen waves of this sort of shifting, you know, like there was like this initial awareness of coronavirus where people were kind of like, eh, tens of people get sick and die from the flu every year. People are really making a big deal out of nothing to sort of, I don't know, I I feel like it was sort of that moment that, remember... like Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson mm-hmm. got sick and the NBA decided mm-hmm. to shut down for the season. And I feel like I felt a real shift um, at that mm-hmm. point. I was seeing clients at that point still in the office and people really started to feel a different level of um, fear and activation coming up. And you know, now it's interesting because I am very much on lockdown mode and I'm here and I'm seeing clients at home in my closet virtually mm-hmm. and my kiddos out of school. And so it's a very different life and yet we went out driving somewhere yesterday and there were still people like in the park, tons of them, you know, just like playing basketball, climbing on top of each other. And I felt such a, like overwhelming sense of what are you doing? Are mm-hmm. you guys, are you guys not hearing, you know, what's going on in the world? Are you not being realistic about where we are? And it's just, it's really fascinating to notice how, I don't know if it's a, if it's a state of denial or, you know, just acceptance in different mm-hmm. phases, but Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, in Governor, in New York, um, Governor Cuomo, actually, I don't remember what he said, but he made some comment about that, like, that he was pretty much, he basically said something on the lines of being disgusted with the younger population for not taking mm. this seriously, saying, like, how much they're going to regret that when the amount of people get sick that they're actually saying are going to get sick. And I, I think you're right. I think it is a state of denial. I think it we don't think, I say we, meaning collectively, the younger, healthier population, don't think things like this can affect us. And I think that we're all sorely mistaken. And I don't think we've seen kind of the peak of this yet. And I'm not saying it to be an alarmist, right? I mean, I guess maybe to your point, you have a kid, I have a kid. So now it, it feels different. It feels a lot different. And maybe that is the difference. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's the difference between us and the people out there playing basketball is that we have these very young children at home. And so that kind of mama bear energy is very strong. I know with my partner, like he's been going out into the world because he's going out and like getting us food and, you know, doing errands and getting Tylenol and all the dumb things you need to do. And every time he comes in, obviously I'm on top of him, like wash your hands and, you know, (laughs) all this stuff. But yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's hard because we're all kind of going a little nuts in this house, but I don't know. What can you do?
0: Yeah. I just, you know, as you said that, it made me think of, you know, those, those phases of denial. And it's, it's an interesting thing, right? Because, I've been sitting with clients with, like, how do we process all of this? You know, Mm -hmm. um, even as you were talking about Governor Cuomo and his sort of irritation with the younger generation, I'm thinking to myself, I'm having, or I'm noticing in myself having, like, a little bit of an activation or reaction to that. Like, Mm -hmm. well, where's your responsibility in that? You know, like, how was um, this message sort of put out to us as, you know, uh, a society, like, across the board? Like, how were we sort of Made aware of the seriousness.
1: Of well, don't make movie. me get political on that. But yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I wasn't trying to, but we'll put that to the side because it wasn't and, exactly put out to us in a manner that made people take it seriously. Let's be real
0: a hundred percent. and and, you know, I just I think it's interesting, though, to acknowledge you know, for ourselves, Mm -hmm. what, what the phases of this have been like, you know, to your point as a mom, like I think initially I sort of heard coronavirus and I got very like that mama bear instinct of like, is my kid going to be okay if Mm -hmm. something's going on with this? And got it. Like, it makes me cringe even as I say it out loud, but it's the truth. But when I realized, you know, it didn't seem like younger people were going to be really at risk in terms of, um, you know, people that were dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the seriousness of it. I took a bit of an exhale and I hate to say that because Mm. obviously every life matters, but it's that whole thing of like, we sort of as animals are very like protective of our own and sort of like, that is, yeah. And, and I think what all of this has made me so aware of is the me and mine is an illusion, right? Mm. Like we all feel like we are separate. And as long as, I'm okay. As long as my people are okay, it's okay. And we are seeing that none of that is true, right? Right. Like if any of us are impacted, all of us on a collective level are being impacted by this. And this is like, you know, the earth that we're living in, um, that we live on, the air that we breathe financially, the impact Mm -hmm. on our economy, like all of us will inevitably be impacted. impacted. And I think that's sort of the point, right? To Mm -hmm. bring into our awareness, like we are all one, like, right it sounds, you know.
1: Well, I think it's, it's, I think you touched on something really huge because there are those people out there that are taking this opportunity. I would say those words to separate, right? Like to label it things like the Chinese virus, for example, Mm. um, and, and kind of separate us and them. And then there are also those people, I mean, I don't want to say quote unquote those people because I know people that were in this head, this mind space, um, head space, but the people, for example, we joke about it, but that like hoarded all the toilet paper. Right. Yes. And the, the hoarding of the toilet paper to me is also kind of funny or not an example of a me and mine. It is this mm-hmm. panic state. I was actually just listening to um, Tara Brock put out a podcast, uh, which she does all the time, but this is her first one that she did from like her home. Uh, Normally she does it in like a group setting, right? And one of the things that she was talking about was how this me and mine attitude, what this is actually giving us an opportunity to your point is to see that we're all kind of in a collective and that if we don't kind of watch out for each other... Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. She would never say this, but it would bite us in the ass, right? Like, this is what happens when we don't look out for each other. Things like this spread and fear, you know, circulates and fear consumes us. And what happens when fear consumes us is our prefrontal cortex actually goes dark. And when our prefrontal cortex goes dark, we are incapable of accessing compassion right mm. so fear and compassion actually can't live in the same space together and so a lot of her podcast was practices and and reiterating the practices that she uses to make sure that she's pulling from a space of compassion rather than a space of fear and not allowing fear to kind of consume her and separate us out right from other people
0: i love that you know i i've had so many moments of being struck by what that exact thing that you're talking about this week you know um like little moments where it feels like the instinct to sort of shut down and go into fear, like um, little things, right? Like someone's coming to clean my house, and I Mm -hmm. know that their income is dependent on all of these people that they're going to see, and all of that has been shut down for them this week, right? And so, you know, I have a choice in the moment to sort of say, well, I know that, you know, I I have to sort of stay quarantined within my family. But at the same time, I know that this person's income is really being impacted. So how can I show up for someone that I care about and not just focus in on myself and my family, right? So I was like, you know what? We probably shouldn't do it now, but let me go ahead and pay you anyway because I know Mm. everybody's probably canceling this week. And I think we have to sort of shift into a space of all of us looking out for one another Mm. right now. And that is what this is being... That we we are being presented with, you know, um, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah, we had something similar. I mean, I'm I don't regularly have the house clean, but I was definitely like, oh my god, newborn chaos. Like I haven't done laundry and. In- God knows how long and I need help. And we actually the same thing. It was somebody who we work with regularly um, enough. And I had the same thought, right? Like, you know, that they're suffering right now that they're not having an income. And so we essentially just packed everything up and we left the house for a couple hours and just walked around. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, didn't really interact with anybody, but just got out, came back and (laughs) I ran around Lysol a bunch of doorknobs and was like, well, you know, I feel like I needed to do that, not just for me, but for them too.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's, there's little ways that all of us can sort of like, you know, a couple meals or two that we can order and maybe have delivered. It's like, you know, little things right now that we can still do to sort of, I don't know. It, they just feel like little nods of like, I see that you're struggling. I see that, you know, we all sort of have to like do whatever we can do to get through this time. That's difficult for everybody. And the other thing that came up as you were talking about, Tara Brock's podcast is like how do we sort of step back and look at this as something that is calling us to evolve? You know, mm. I always think of Eckhart Tolle saying, you know, with what we are doing to the earth right now and the way that we have been going in such a sort of denial state of separateness, we have a choice. We can evolve or we can die. Mm. And I feel like we are being called in this moment, you know, on a collective level to evolve, to sort of shift the way that we do things and the way that we hold one another.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I read something actually. I was gonna post it. A friend of mine um, sent this poem that her brother-in-law wrote, and it was all about like collective insights, I suppose, from the different areas that have been affected the most by this. And like, for example, mm-hmm. in China, where you know this whole thing kind of started, right? How everybody was saying, or the, this quote that he got was like, "It may be crazy right now, or it may be chaos, but." for the first time in a long time, you can hear the birds singing. Mm. And for the first time in a long time, the air isn't filled with smog. You can actually see the clouds. And it, it was one of many sentiments that they collected from different areas that were affected. But it is on such a, I almost like got goosebumps as I just kind of remembered that part in that poem where it's like, we are being called at a much bigger than ourselves level to slow the fuck down, right? Slow down, look each other in the eyes, sit with our loved ones, reach out and check on people that maybe are doing this by themselves. I don't know, give a roll of toilet paper to your neighbor if they don't have it, like as silly as it is. you know, Mm -hmm. It's like, to your point, what can we do in little ways? But also can we sit back and take this moment to really like look around and be grateful for some of the small things that we generally just kind of plow through on a day-to-day basis and, and don't practice that gratitude?
0: yeah I mean, absolutely. As, i I got chills, too, as you were saying that, because I think, you know, I have been so struck by the sense that, like, Mother Earth has put us on a giant timeout. You mm. know, like you guys are done for a while. Mm-hmm. and you are not seeing each other. You are not seeing, you know, all of the gifts that you have been given. And, you know, I had a client the other night say that, you know, this has been like the great equalizer. Mm. Like, you know, everybody is sort of at home having staff meetings on, Mm -hmm. you know, Zoom or whatever they're using to do virtual meetings. And she's seeing like the highest level executive at home in his bedroom and like, you know, seeing the humanity of everyone, Mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't matter what you have at this point. Like you want to order groceries and have them delivered. It doesn't matter. You cannot pay to have that done any more than anyone else can. Like Mm -hmm. we are all in a space of like, we have to sit in what this is right now. All the discomfort, all of the wishing something were different, all of the, I don't have time for this, you know, all of those normal Mm -hmm. sentiments, those are gone. It does not matter what you do or don't have time for. You are required to sit the fuck down. And
1: well, that's a really good point too. And and actually, you know, my partner John, he posted something about that the other day because he was saying that from a place of worry as a therapist, one of the things he was talking about was how when people are forced to sit like they are right now, the worry is like you you can't run away from your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't distract. You can't I mean, sure, you might have stocked up on bottles of wine before we all went into you know, total quarantine, but it's a lot harder to run away from your problems through busyness and through the things that a lot of us actually use, right? If we're not on the spectrum of using like say drugs and alcohol to numb, most of us, I would say the vast majority of Western culture actually use busyness as a form of coping, right? As a form of uh, a numbing tool. Absolutely. We don't have that, right? And so he was saying the other day, he's like, it's a little worrisome, like what's going to come up and are you going to be able to sit with it and actually face it? and yeah just thinking about the people who actually are going to struggle with that and i i want to say to anybody out there that's listening to this that is kind of realizing that or that's a reality for you right now you know you're not alone in that first off but also just know that you know there are ways to have self care in this time and yeah sitting and having to face shit is is kind of sucky you know and and boredom boredom is is one way to do that it'll definitely bring shit up absolutely
0: you know i think all the conversations that we have about mindfulness, that's like your Mm -hmm. your work, right? And so Mm -hmm. how can I really stay in the space of what is coming up, noticing it without pushing it down, making it go away, Mm -hmm. doing something else? Because right now we really don't have that as an option, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do I hold myself compassionately? with the understanding that of course stuff is coming up right we have been conditioned from so little to push down discomfort to distract ourselves with something else and a lot of times that distraction looks like being around other people frankly mm-hmm. so what do i what do i do to hold myself during this time I feel like it might be useful for us to talk about just some of the the ways that you can. I think, I know my my meditation practice has been the last couple weeks, but definitely this week, I've been amazed how much I have like, it has not been an option not to meditate. Mm-hmm. Like I need that stillness right now in such a different way, you know, like, well, I mean, obviously I always need it, but I am like viscerally aware of how much I need to be still.
1: Well, yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think we can definitely talk about a couple tips. I know personally with me, the last couple weeks, I mean, as somebody who's such an avid meditator, the first like three weeks, I think of having a newborn, I think you're in such a state of survival that I don't know what shifted. I think this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about how the last couple days, something in me is shifting where I feel like a part of me that is me. Is almost Mm -hmm. like resurfacing or is coming back out. But even just last night, like I I found myself getting frustrated. You know, I had a long day. The baby was crying all day, as babies do sometimes. And so I handed her off to him and I went out for a walk on my own. I was walking and I was listening to that podcast. And then I got back and I realized that my body, this was really actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm talking about it out loud. I realized how sore and achy my body felt. And Mm I've been dealing with like my neck and shoulder being sore, you know, it's all this new motion and you're hunched over and you've got a baby and you're holding this eight pound kid or whatever. But last night there was just this like real reckoning or realization of like shit, like head to toe. My body feels really sore, almost like achy, almost like I was getting sick. I actually kind of started to be like freaking out a little bit. I'm fine now. <laughs>
0: but- Well, body um, aches are not a symptom from what I'm
1: told. <laughs> so
0: just throwing that out there for you. I definitely had love. a moment of
1: panic. <laughs> um, but it was like, a, oh shit. I'm here. I'm back in my body. I've been kind of ignoring myself for the last three weeks for, you know, obvious reasons, but holy shit, like I haven't really sat and done my meditation practice in weeks, which is so strange for me. I've been catching little moments and blips of mindfulness, but, but not my seated meditation practice. And so, yeah, I don't know, something clicked in me last night. And so today I I found five minutes, you know, I found five minutes to sit with my eyes closed before she started crying. I found five minutes to just like walk around with her in my arms outside because we got outside today. And Mm -hmm. as she was being mindful, as infants and newborns do, right, like staring at a tree and in her mind going, holy shit, what is this thing that I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. I was looking with her at the same tree, right? And I'm examining the tree and I'm looking at the light and I'm looking at the colors and I'm taking it in and I'm feeling the breeze and I'm smelling the smells. And so it's like, okay, if I don't have the capability right now, and I'm saying this because I feel like other people can maybe commiserate with all these children that are home and people are homeschooling and all this craziness right now. I don't have the time for myself to actually sit and maybe do a 20 minute seated meditation practice, but I can meditate actually with her in my arms, I can actually meditate with my kid right next to me. So that was a roundabout way of giving a personal anecdote, I guess, to like a way that you can ground down and actually find that time for yourself, even if you feel like you can't and you're not alone.
0: Yes, I love that so much. I feel like what just happened as you were speaking to that is what so often happens in the therapy room is something will have like a full circle, Mm -hmm. you know, it will bring it back to like the original question or the original thought that we were having, right? So like if I am in this space of a cocoon, if I am in this space of a becoming, what happens as I emerge, right? I Mm. feel things in a different way a, there's a different level of awareness i am taking in nature and air and breath and aliveness in a different way and i'm realizing that all i need is me really yeah. to have that all i need is you know me maybe with my child in my arms to to get it done you posted something um yesterday that just like made me emotional you were talking about like just walking and like how much you have just like this complete awareness of how much it doesn't matter like what i look like and you know, just that like we need to be present with one another and show up for one another as we are. And I mm-hmm. hope and pray that that is the outcome of all of this, mm-hmm. right? That some of the the personas that yeah. we sort of walk around with are, will be shed and that we will show up for one another with the question of like, how do we serve one another? How do we be present for one another mm-hmm. in a different way? Because we've sort of been denied the ability to do that mm-hmm. for however long we're going to mm-hmm. be. Denied it, you know. i I'm, I pray that that's the outcome of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know that I'm feeling it myself personally, so I, I mm. hope that it is kind of out there for others to experience. You know, I do think, I guess, to to put it put it back to like what we can offer people listening. You know, that example that I gave of of meditating, regardless of where, when, or how you are, right? I think is important. Um, grounding down and getting present. I don't know what other kind of tips you've got that you want to offer for people who are kind of in this like stir crazy mindset journaling. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the usuals that I'm going to always tell people will write, uh, be creative. I think I said last night, even in that post, I was like, dance, like free movement, get up and and shake your body.
0: (laughs) Can I tell you a friend of mine did an Instagram live where she started a virtual dance party and there was something alive in the energy. I'm going to give Natasha snow a little shout out (laughs) because she's doing like virtual dance parties on Instagram live. And Vanessa, it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Literally watching her dance, getting up, dancing. I felt so much healing just getting up and knowing that collectively, because there were like hundreds Mm -hmm. of people following her, that we were all dancing together. And this is what we can do, right? Like this is where our technology is serving us right now. We can't be together, but we can like get on a Zoom session with our girlfriend and we can say, how you doing? Let me Mm -hmm. do a check-in with you, right? I love that so many of, you know, teachers and healers and personal trainers are doing Instagram live sessions yeah. where they're offering classes for free so you can get on and move and feel connected that way. I'm doing one tomorrow morning with Soho Yoga, but like mm-hmm. I've been really into the class right now mm-hmm. and they're doing... um Virtual sessions that are just like really, it's just, it's really important for us to move right now. Even mm-hmm. if you can't get outside, I feel like on a somatic level, you start to feel a release of everything that we're holding all of the stress, all of the anxiety, all of the fear yeah. that is being held in our body right now. We got to move it, we got to breathe through it. It's and just talk like about letting important. go of
1: personas. Who gives a shit what you look like? We are all in sweatpants. We are all no makeup. We are all, you know, looking <laughs> like a And hot what mess, if we I'm never sure. went back from that? Like, what if
0: forever? <laughs> I was seeing clients in sweatpants. I, might, I, know. I, I don't Get, know. You know what? Get
1: up, shake your ass, <laughs> shake your body, like dance with your kiddo, dance with your, you know, your partner, like just move your body and like be here and be present and be grateful that you're alive. You know? Yeah,
0: as you said that, I was thinking how much we are going to teach our children about mm-hmm. the way we hold ourselves during this time. Yeah. And I know that that's been a real practice with me and my child's father is just like, mm-hmm. we can keep things a little bit lighter, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can have a little bit more junk food than we might, mm-hmm. like maybe an hour more of screen time than we might usually mm-hmm. because, you know what? We're doing the best we can with some really unusual <laughs> circumstances. And it is not business as usual, but you know, can we be gentle with ourselves? Mm. and can as we be gentle with ourselves let our children see how to be gentle during what is Mm. difficult how to sort of hold on to that sense of play like hold on to what is sacred when it feels like so much of our routine is lost can we be light can we be playful can we just have a good time and enjoy one another because really that is what we have right now
1: letting go of routine that's that's one of them I mean mm. that's that's tough. That's tough for a lot of people. I know for me, especially type A over here all the way. and as it is, having a newborn totally throws out routine in every sense of the word, right? But it is um it's been tough, and i I God bless my partner because he's been really like gentle with me as I struggle mm. to. Not have routines and try to implement them in small spaces when I can and where I can. But on the flip of that, I think what you said is super powerful. Maybe right now, for all of you fellow type A'ers out there, maybe a part of this, the healing in this is actually saying fuck routine and leaving the dishes in the sink and letting shit get messy and eating more junk food and, you know, letting the kids stay up a little later and like going a little crazy together. And maybe that's part of it too. It's like, let's just have fun.
0: Can I, may I say to you, my friend, that, you know, there's that song with the lyrics that are like beauty in the breakdown. I have watched you so many times, even if it's something you've posted or like a day that I came over to your house and was listening about, listening to you talk about your birth journey. There is so much beauty in the surrender that I have seen mm. in you and through you, through this process of, you know, becoming a mother and sort of someone I know who always is that type A is, you know, so like controlled and there's like routine in the way that things are done. And just the way that you have sort of embodied that sense of surrender, like I'm getting emotional as I talk about it right now. It's just really beautiful. And I think that there's so There's so many lessons for us in surrendering what is out of our control. And I think that is the biggest thing that Mm -hmm. we all feel on a collective level right now, Mm -hmm. that we don't know. We don't know what next week is going to look like. We don't know what six months from now is going to look like. And that is terrifying. And how do we stay present with what is right now? Like how often in the therapy room do we bring it back to a se- present centered awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but how are you right now?
1: Yep.
0: Right now we are okay. In right. this moment right now, we're okay. Yep. And that's all we have really. We don't have six months from now. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. But we've got this moment. And right now in this moment, we're okay.
1: hmm mm. I say that, and I want, and I want to make a joke and say that I think it's sleep deprivation that's probably <laughs> making me have that kind of reaction. But no, I think that's not. evolution, baby. Yeah. I really do. I think it's... it's survival. And sometimes you just you have to <laughs> you have to adjust. <laughs> but I think what you said is, I think that's it. I mean, I I actually think that right there is probably something to kind of even end this conversation on. We don't know. Right. And Mm. that's scary for humans. You know, the unknown. I mean, that's all of our anxieties. And then thus all of the coping mechanisms that we adopt to deal with those anxieties all come out of our need and our desire to control the uncontrollable, which, by the way, is all of life. Don't Mm. ask me why. I say this to clients all the time. It's this like the universe's biggest joke right? Is that humans love to be in control and yet we have zero control. I don't know why we were created that way, <laughs> but we were. And I think that right. what you said is, is it. It's, can you come back to the present and look around and look at your kiddo's face? Or, you know, even if you don't have kids and you're sitting home, like look at yourself and say, wow, I'm physically healthy or my food, you know, my refrigerator is stocked or I got that last pack of Uh, Toilet paper from Costco or whatever. Shame on you! I know. (laughs) And just say like things are okay. I am okay. I don't know what's going to happen in six months, but right now, in this moment, I'm going to get up. I'm going to move my body. I'm going to feel my body, and I'm going to know that I'm okay right now. And that's all any of us can do.
0: Yeah, and you know, the only other thing that I want to add, I think, to what you're saying is just. The other thing that has become so clear to me during this time is how very much we need each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we often talk about how what is so healing about therapy and the therapeutic process is just having the experience of your life witnessed by another person. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just would want to really encourage everybody even if you are in this space of socially isolating by yourself as much as you can connect to other people, do it virtually. If you can Um, take a class, Skype, whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, both Vanessa and I are making ourselves available. So, you know, like if you want to send us, Direct messages. We're going to be doing some like coaching sessions. I think and some some of these sort of sessions where we're going to like almost like in a therapeutic setting talk to people about what's going on. So yeah, I think it's a a, a great
1: way to to kind of end it, right? So part of what you're going to see on this pod in general before this even whole thing started with coronavirus was that we were going to have people call in and do kind of thirty minute coaching sessions with them, right? And so I think this is actually a great time to do that. If you guys do want to be on an episode and actually work with Zena and I kind of process and work through some stuff um, send us a message and and we'll coordinate and we'll try to get you on. Yeah and just you know
0: be gentle with yourselves whatever you're feeling, whatever's mm-hmm. coming up is just so valid. We're mm-hmm. all feeling it. I think there can be some comfort in knowing that whatever fear whatever anxiety and frustration you're feeling, we're feeling it together. yeah collective
1: um, for sure yeah
0: absolutely
1: yeah. DM us reach out and um, we'll see if we can coordinate something and and we'll get on. We'll get on some Zoom together and and connect as humans. We will get through this together. All right, guys. Be well. Be well. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.